let's get into the Word of God. Um, we are so excited to see you. I do want to remind you, um, we have Super Steps. If you're interested in becoming a superhero, a volunteer, we are opening up Super Steps to those who 6th grade to 12th grade. Uh, if you want to volunteer, God has put gifts and, and talents and passions on the inside of you. And uh, we love to serve alongside you. So please, if you are middle school, high school, sign up for October 7th and October 14th. And uh, just to be clear, that's not exclusively middle school and high school. So uh, my adults, you sign up as well. Um, a lot of things coming, uh, coming very soon. We are also shooting to launch uh, Highlight Youth the week of October 21st. And um, that's going to be fun. I heard a sigh of relief. Like, yes. We, wanna, we love this church, but they have no youth. Yeah, well, we'll be two years old at that point, so we've learned a few things. Uh, welcome to HL. And I want to bring a message to you. I'm going to keep it lean today. Um, well, we'll see. And uh, last week I was jumping around this place, but I feel pretty... Feel chill, man. The weather is back. We got some sun out there, and uh, I don't want to get too sweaty up here because I won't be stuck in the house all day. I'll be out. So um, I want to bring a message to you entitled Desperate Measures. Desperate Measures. And so um, as is the case with all of us, we all enter seasons uh, where we become desperate, uh, be it desperate for uh, the attention of others, um, sometimes, you know, if you hang around me for too long and I haven't eaten, I become desperate for food. Um, how is this seven days of prayer and fasting? Were you, did you join us for that? Let's celebrate that. If you joined us, today is our last day. And uh, I promise I haven't eaten a donut. Um, but yeah, that was powerful. We, we, we took seven days this past week to just pray and fast and get into God's presence, and we were on a 5.30 a.m. prayer call, and they were powerful. And so, uh, but much like me, when I get hungry, I, it's not hungry, it's hangry, and I get desperate for food. Uh, desperation is, is when you feel as though you've lost all hope. Uh, and, and some of us may be in that place this morning where we, we've lost hope, say, in a relationship or in, in a particular trajectory. Maybe we were going for something for, for years, you know, 5, 10, 15 years, and we've kind of hit a limit, or uh, we just don't seem to be progressing or growing, and so now we're, we're desperate for an answer, for a breakthrough, or for someone to help me out, throw me a, throw me a hand, do, do something, help me out, and so it's vital that you watch your desperation, because misguided desperation can lead us down terrible detours in life. It's extremely vital that you guard what you're desperate for. Um, because, you know, if, if we're not careful, we can turn around in, in the next few years and we can look back and we can, we can associate that season of desperation with where we are now. And so you just got to be careful. And I know a lot of times this plays into relationships. We're going to do a relationship series next year. I promise we will. And uh, we'll also, I remember last year we had a, a Q&A uh, uh, my wife and I, we sat here and we just answered a few questions about relationships. And so how many of you know that desperate times call for desperate measures? When you're desperate, 
oftentimes you have to do something different than what you've been doing. Because if you don't do something different, you can only expect the same result. If you don't do something different, be it if you're in the valley low, you have to do something different. If life is tough, you can't just complain about it. You can't worry about it. You can't just cry about it. What are you going to do different? Are you going to worship this time? Are you finally going to pick up that dusty Bible and open it and read it? Uh, when you're on the mountaintop, and you may not feel the presence of God because everything is well. Let me tell you, when you're on a mountaintop, that's the time more than ever to worship God like you're desperate for a spirit. Oftentimes, I get scary like when all the hedges are up and all the blessings are flowing in because I'm like, God, when is this going to, when is this going to, you know, this is weird. Uh, I haven't been here for too long because you just feel like something's going to happen. And so you actually need to activate yourself and become desperate for God even when things are going well. you got to become desperate for him. And what I want to read is a short story of two interesting men, and they're going to teach us a little bit about desperation and how to deal with uh, this feeling of not having hope or not seeing a future, literally seeing uh, where they're going or what the answer is or what God wants to do. And so join me in Matthew chapter 20. We're going to start in verse 29. Matthew 20, 29 says this, as Jesus and the disciples left the town of Jericho, a large crowd followed behind. Two blind men were sitting beside the road when they heard, I need you to circle that, underline it, highlight it, the word heard. When they heard that Jesus was coming that way, they began shouting, Lord, son of David, have mercy on us. Have mercy on us. Uh, the, the, the word here, uh, when, when it says here, uh, they began shouting. In the Greek, it actually means they, they began to cry out like extremely loud. They were on the side of the road, two blind men. And you get the idea that they've, they've tried medicine. They've, uh, tr you know, th they've thrown all of their money at the solution you know, to find healing. They, they've tried friends and soothsayers and prophets and the, the religious leaders of the time, the, the Pharisees. and all, They've tried all these different things only to still find themselves on the side of the road. They're desperate. And so the Bible says that they heard Jesus was coming by. They've heard, they, they heard that, they, oh, the guy that, that raises the dead, the, the, guy that, the guy that opens deaf ears, the guy that opens blind eyes, he's coming by. He's coming by. They heard. And so when, when you're in a desperate season or a desperate situation, this is my first point of encouragement to you. I want to give you four thoughts today. You have to analyze how you hear what you hear when you're desperate. You've got to evaluate how you hear what you hear. Because how you hear either feeds or starves your desperation. And, and you don't want to starve your desperation because you're going to continue to be desperate. You actually want to feed your desperation, but you want to feed it the right things. I, I remember when Pastor Kyra and myself, we, we, uh, when we first met, um, 
there was obviously mutual attraction involved, and uh, we were spending a lot of time together. And um, we, we were, in a sense, infatuated with one another. And so, uh, but if we weren't careful, you know, I'm, I'm the Christian guy, I brought her to Jesus, and I need to show her Christ. I don't need to, <laughs> I need to show her Christ. Because I'm, if I'm acting like the world, she won't see Christ. So, we, but we're, we're kind of hungry, right? We're, we're <laughs> desperate. And so I, I presented this idea to her. I said, look, um, if, if you and I are going to move forward, we need to relax. I'm not going to be over here seven days a week. And I'll see you two days, three days. And I need to leave by 9 p.m. What we need to do is I need you because you're newly saved. You're a single mom. Like, I was desperate, but she was. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> she was desperate. <laughs> I ain't afraid to say it. Thanks, babe. I'm not afraid of my wife. Y'all other jokers. <laughs> Jesus, this thing won't open. <laughs> Dang it. All right. And so I said, look, we, we got we to gotta pause. And so what I do, I pointed her to Jesus. <clears throat> because I'm, I'm going to be with Jesus. Jesus here. I'm going to be with Jesus. You need to be with Jesus. And guess what? We're going to meet. We, we will we'll meet there. And so what could have determined the trajectory of our relationship, because thank God, I'll be honest, had it not been for Pastor Kyra, I wouldn't be where I am today, which means I wouldn't be standing in front of you sharing the good news about who Jesus is. God has really used her in a very strategic way in my life. But in order for us to be here where we are together today, that season of desperation had to be handled the right way. So I point, I said, we're not going to do this anymore. I'm not your husband. You're not my wife. We're, so you get with Christ. I get with Christ. And we be friends. Now, this is the key. The, the, not the key, but this is the question. How did she hear it? Because she could have heard, man, you don't like me. You think I'm unattractive. It's because of my son. Or she could have heard, yeah, Jesus is walking by. Jesus is walking by. And I don't have to find affirmation from a man. He doesn't, I don't have to look to man to build me up. I don't, I don't have to look to man to supply my needs. I don't have to look to him. I don't have to sleep. I don't have to spend the night. I don't have to do all these things with a man in order to fill me because the one who loves me is passing by. The one who died for me. The one who cares for me. The one who gives me strength. The one who gives me breath. The one who feeds me. The one who shed his blood for me. The, the, the man, Jesus, is passing by. And so how did she hear it was the question. So the blind man heard that Jesus had come to town. And they said, son of David, have mercy on us. Son of David, have mercy on us. That's how it's, son of David. How long is he going to do it? I don't know. Son of David, have mercy on us. Now, this is interesting to realize the son of David is a very important nickname. 
Because back in the old, in your Bible, in the Old Testament, there was a king, second king of Israel, if you're taking notes. His name was David. So my, if Jesus was not in the Bible, David would be my favorite character. I mean, this guy's life is amazing. You can, you can read about his life uh, starting in 1 Samuel all the way to, like, the end of 2 Samuel and 1 Chronicles. And um, the Bible says that David was a man after God's own heart. And so it was nothing for God to, to take David, a smelly shepherd boy who no one cared about, including his father. It was nothing for God to raise him up to become a king and to bless him purely because David loved God. That's the, that's the key to God's best life for you is loving God with all of your heart. And so when David became king, he made what was called the Davidic covenant with David. Um, and he said that your throne will be established forever. Your lineage. So just as long as your descendants would love me and obey me and honor me, uh, there will always be a, a man child that comes through your lineage that's going to be king of Israel. And so when you read uh, the book of Matthew, you can go back because this is what the Good News series is based on, Matthew. Matthew gives us lineage. Jesus Christ is a descendant of King David. And so why is this important? Because if Jesus is a descendant of King David, this fulfills all of the Old Testament prophecies about the Messiah, the Jewish Messiah. In the Jewish Messiah, the word there is for Messiah is deliverer. Son of David, have mercy on us. In essence, what they were crying out is, deliverer, deliverer, deliver us from this desperation. Someone deliver us. We want to see. We want a vision. Deliver us, is what they were saying to Christ. Because the Jewish people, they were looking for hmm, a Messiah to deliver them from a Roman oppression that they were currently under. They were looking for someone to put money in their pocket. They were looking for someone to give them status, world-renowned status as a nation again. Jesus didn't come in that way. Can I help? In this season, Jesus is not concerned as much about your bank account as he is about the, the health of your soul and the health of your heart and if your spirit is whole. God can get you money. God can get you a boo. But is your soul, that's what he came. He came to deliver the soul. And so they said, son of David, have mercy on us, the deliverer. It was how they heard what they heard that was about to enable them to receive a vision from God for their lives. So now the question becomes, is this another church service? Or is Jesus passing by? Romans 10, 17 says this, so faith comes from hearing, that is hearing the good news about Christ. Faith comes from hearing. Faith comes from hearing. That's faith comes from hearing 
So faith comes from hearing the good news about Jesus. Jesus is passing by. Jesus is passing by. Faith comes from faith. Faith. Hebrews 11.1 1 says this. Now, what is faith? Faith is this. Faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance about things we cannot see. Let me, let me slow down here. So Jesus is coming by. I've heard it. The Lord, the deliverer is coming by. And the Bible says that faith comes through hearing that Jesus has arrived. Faith comes through hearing that Jesus died for you, that God loves you. Faith comes through hearing that God has an abundant plan for your life through Jesus Christ. Faith comes through hearing that you've been chosen, you are loved, you are equipped, you are anointed, you can dream big. In the name of Jesus, faith comes through hearing it. Now, let's talk about faith. Faith is the confidence that what we actually hope for will happen. So this is what happened with the blind men. Jesus was passing by, and they saw themselves seen. I know. I know. That's why I stay shallow, because I don't know if people catch this stuff too much. I, I try, but I'm going to go deep with y'all. The mere fact that I hear the name of Jesus makes anything possible in my life. So they saw themselves seen. I want a vision for my life. Have you heard about Jesus? I don't mean have you heard. Let's go a little deeper. I mean, have you listened? Because a lot of you are hearing me this morning. But are you internalizing what I'm saying and are you believing it? Are you believing that everything that God has for you is in Jesus? Are you believing that everything that God has for you is in a relationship with Jesus? Once you begin to believe that, Jesus can begin to begin the process of opening your eyes. And so then it says this, it gives us assurance about things that we cannot see. So let me give you the key to what verse 1 means. It means this, the fact that you have faith in a greater tomorrow means it actually exists. But only in proximity to Christ. Do you have faith for a greater tomorrow? Well, it, your experience, your expectation of, of what you believe for and the experience will eventually collide as you follow Jesus. There's no other means. There's no other way to get to it but through a relationship with Christ. It, how, how are you hearing how are you, when you're desperate, when you're tempted to fulfill your desperation with things that are not of God, what are you hearing? Are you hearing, well, yeah, do this because it's going to fulfill you. But are you listening deeper? Do you understand that if you do this, it's only a temporary fulfillment, and you're going to find yourself right back in the same desperation? Or are you hearing, do this, and Jesus is saying, do something else, 
and you're saying, I'm not going to do that. I'd rather risk that, and I'd rather have Jesus lead me to somewhere where I'm going to be fulfilled, where I'm going to find my purpose, where I'm going to find my destiny, where I'm going to change the world. It's only in Jesus that your desperation is fulfilled. Only in Christ. It's the thing that enables you to stay uh, pure. For me personally, it was seven years. Oh, man, I was desperate. I was desperate. And many of you have heard this. The, the season that Pastor Kyra and I didn't have a, a two pennies to rub to our name. Oh, I was desperate to quit the ministry, to quit church. To, to, and it's fine. We need people in the secular world to, to witness for God and to bring people to Jesus. We need that. But I knew where God had called us. Didn't have two pennies to rub. Oh, I was desperate to quit on the calling of God. But I'm glad I didn't. Oh, man, we love you. I love you, Marcus and Kelly. I love you. Do you love me? I love you. Do you love? Y'all don't love me. Y'all ain't clapping. Y'all sleep. Y'all love me. I'm out. I'm out, man. I don't know. I don't feel love sometimes, y'all. I got, I got opportunities, bro. Y'all don't be. All right, anyway. Verse uh, 31 says this. Be quiet, the crowd yelled at them. But they shouted louder, Lord. Son of David, have mercy on us. Second thought here is analyze how you say what you say. How you say what you say. I, I, I played uh, basketball in high school, and um, as you can see, that's farthest I made it. What in the world? Get out of here. And, um, man, I loved going to away games and playing on the other team's turf. Because, you know, you're playing and you're dribbling and playing defense and the home team scores on you. And their crowd goes, ah, ah, you guys suck. Go back to your school. And then we come down, we, we get a chance to respond, and we hit a shot, and the crowd's like, uh. <laughs> then they go down and they score, yeah, yeah. And then we go down here, uh. You know, there's something that I don't know if you've ever played sports and you've been like at the at the other team's homeland and it's loud. Isn't there something in you that just kind of rises up? It's like, yeah, I want to I want to I want to silence all of you guys. And, and this is really what's happening with these blind men. Like they're they're being told to shut up. We, we know you're desperate. We know Jesus is passing by, but keep it quiet. He doesn't want to be bothered. He's tired. He's busy. I want to encourage you with this. The volume of your desperation must be greater than the volume of your opposition. It must be greater than the volume of your opposition. Like, even when you come in here and you, have, you worship, like, I, I think it's the devil. It's not your flesh. I, he's telling you, be quiet. Don't open your mouth. You, you look and you sound stupid. You, you better recite those words with just your lips. Always be No, no, no. That's the time for your, your desperation. C th this is what you risk. You risk leaving here the same way that you came in. When, when in the presence of God, if you would just sing, 
God is a motion sensitive God. The Bible tells us to clap our hands and lift our hands and to dance and to shout. That, that's a command from scripture. It's to, that's how God wants to be worshiped. Because when you move and when you shout and when you become kind of exuberant about it, you get free. You ever notice that? You can't get free from chains like this. But when you start shaking them and moving, and that's what they're doing. The cross saying, shut up, don't move, don't run. No, man, I want to I wanna get free. Jesus is here. I'm, I'm trying to get free. He's the deliverer. What are you talking about? And so don't allow the volume of your desperation to be outdone by the opposition. It says this here, Hebrews 5, 7, while Jesus was here on earth, he offered prayers and pleadings with a loud cry and tears. Jesus himself. And it says, to the one who could rescue him from death. And God heard his prayers because of his deep reverence for God. So that's what I want to encourage you with. You have to raise the volume of your desperation with the promises of God. They're, they're found all here. A lot of scholars say that there are over 3,000 promises from God for your life. Notice I say a lot of scholars because I haven't taken the time to discover it yet. Like, and, and, and these are old Jewish men, so they would have known verses like uh, 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 Job 1.21 where he said, uh, I came from my mother's womb. Naked I came from my mother's room, and I will be naked when I leave. The Lord gave me what I had, and the Lord has taken away. Praise the name of the Lord. They, they, they would have became content with where they are, right? So contentment means that I'm actually okay being blind, but I believe that a greater day is coming. And that's what I'm shooting for. And this is what Job is saying. They, they would have recited promises like Psalm 73, 26, where it says, uh, my health may fail and my spirit may grow weak, but God remains the strength of my heart. He is mine forever. Lifting those promises over your problems. Lifting these promises. You may be weak. You may be discouraged. You may be hopeless. You may be desperate. But you got to talk. You can't just sit there silent. You got to declare the promises of God. Isaiah 40, they would have remembered from the prophet Isaiah. These are all before Jesus came upon the earth. Those who trust in the Lord will find strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. They would have had a hope that uh, this sidewalk, this curb, the side of the road is not my destiny. This is not where I'm going to get stuck, according to the prophet Isaiah. And then they would have said, Jeremiah 29, 11 through 13. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a hope and a future. In those days when you pray, I will listen. If you look for me, ho son of David. Some of you just need a, a good old son of David in your spirit today. Because you're desperate. That's all you need. Just call out to him. He's here. He'll heal you. 
He'll touch you. He'll love you. He'll give you a vision. He'll hold you. He'll give you perspective. He'll give you wisdom. He'll give you peace. You just need a good old son of David to just flow from your spirit. This reminds me of the message last Sunday. And the reason you need it is because you're hurting. And you're broken. And you're blunt. You can't see. You, you're trying. You're working. You're raising your kids. You're, you're, doing, you're doing the things that you, you know to do, but you, you know that you're just kind of making it one day at a time. And, and that's okay sometimes, but I don't think we serve a God of survival. I, I, I think we, we serve a God who's interested in us knowing where we're going. Thriving. I, even, even today, I talk to a lot of kids, teenagers, and, hey, what do you want to do with your life? I was like, I don't know. I don't know. Talk to a lot of 25, even 34, whatever. What, 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 what's your 10 years, man? What do you see? <laughs> what do you see? What do you see? Where are you going? I don't know. And what it tells me is that you're not physically blind. But you're spiritually blind. And, and it's why we, we, we go every day. Helen Keller, she was born blind. Uh, she, well, she, as a, as a baby, she became blind in death. She said the only thing worse than being blind is being able to see but not having a vision. She was saying, I'd rather be blind. And she changed the world. She was deaf and, deaf and blind. And, and so we just. God wants to. There are world changers in this room. And, and because you've had kids or because you've been through a divorce or because mom or dad wasn't there, because this and that, you you have not been able to see because you've been so desperate for that need to be fulfilled. Well, what, what, this is what I want to encourage you with. Jesus has already fulfilled that need. And now he's ready to impart a vision, a vision that's going to propel you forward, a vision that's going to fulfill your joy, a, a vision of influence where tens and hundreds and thousands of people will follow you one day. There is not one person in this room who is not a leader, who is not a world changer, whose story does not matter to God. God wants to give you a vision, but you have to get desperate for a vision from Jesus. You got to get desperate for it. Desperate. That, that's why Pastor Kyra, when we were broke, we didn't care about that. Because we had a vision that, that no one could, could pay for. No one could buy out. We cried. We, we, we had tears. It hurt like hell. But we had a vision. We could see. We were desperate for the fulfillment of that vision. And it all came from Jesus. 
Can I encourage you? This is not in my notes, so you know it's blessed. I, I done got loose like last week. Can I just tell you this? Jesus can give you things that you can't get from anywhere else. Your boss can give you a promotion. But, but, but there are certain things that you can't get from anywhere else. Peace and joy and purpose. Legacy living. I, I don't care if you're 20 years old. You, you can start thinking, man, by the time I'm 50, this is where I can be. If I just stop playing around. If I stop wasting my time, if I get off Fortnite, get off Fortnite. Do you know that is, uh, uh, what, what, what was it? I think it's in this county. Fortnite is one of the leading causes of divorce. But I want a vision. I want a bit, and it's not, it's not just Fortnite, it's, it's the many things that get in our way of God actually showing us what he has for us. And so Matthew 20, 32 through 33 says this. It says, when Jesus heard them, he stopped and called, what do you want me to do for you? And so ask yourself this when you're desperate. What do you want from Jesus? What do you want from Jesus? There are things that only Jesus can give you. I'm not going to belabor this point. But I just, I need you to know that. There are things that only Christ can give you. I, I like when the Bible says, he who finds a wife obtains favor from the Lord. That tells me that I can go out looking and I can find somebody. But chances are, if I go out looking, they were not sent from God. Because when it says, I've obtained favor from God, it means that that individual has been with God. And I know I've been with God. A lot of us, we want more income. That's great. There's nothing evil about that. The problem is, is even if God gave you more income, you mismanage it. So what we should desire is wisdom for the income we currently make. Only Jesus can give you that memo. I'm just, I don't, I don't know. I'm just, I'm really trying to help. Only Jesus can give you that. Matthew 20, 34 says this. Jesus felt sorry for them and touched their eyes. Instantly they could see. Then they followed him. Last point of encouragement. Your fulfillment is found in following. Your fulfillment is found in following. Jesus touched them once. But why not follow? Why not follow the one who's healed me? Why not journey with him? Why not grow with him? Following entails reading the scripture. It entails prayer. It entails fasting. It entails finding a local church home where others are following him. We don't just want Jesus to touch us one time. Touch me all the time. 
touched me multiple times. I want to feel this Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Touch me, touch me. The, your fulfillment is in your following. Your fulfillment is in decisions that you need to make today. It's in following. Some of you have been following Christ for six months. Don't stop. Follow him. Even if it's not highlight church, please, I beg you, as, as a pastor and someone who really may not know you but I love you, find a local church where people are following him. Follow him. Follow him. Psalm 92 says that you will produce fruit in due season. Every season you will produce the fruit that you're looking to produce. Follow him. Even when it hurts, follow him. Even when you are afraid, follow him. Even when no one is with you, follow him. Follow him. Follow him. Follow him. Your fulfillment is found in your following. John 15, 7 says this, but if you remain in me, this is Jesus, and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want, and it will be granted. The key is to remain in him. And, 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 and uh, I've been doing this a lot. I don't know. I just think the spirit of God wants America to get back to the word of God. Get this word in you. And as this word gets in you, when you're praying, it flows out of you. And what God does is he honors his promises. The fulfillment comes from the following. Does anyone believe this? The following. The following. I'm, I'm going to follow you. I'm going to follow you. I'm going to. Jesus, where you go, I go. This is the word. Jesus is the word. Wherever you go, I go. Where you go? They're going over there, but you're going. You want me to let go of drinking in this season? I'll stop drinking. Let me stop sleeping around. I'll stop sleeping. You need me to study for an extra hour a day? You need me to write down things that you put on my heart? I'll do it. I'll do it. I love it. The blind man didn't just want to be healed once. They followed. 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 They found Jesus. They found a local church and they followed. They got into community and they followed. They served. They followed. They followed. They read the Bible when it says tithe, give God the first tenth of your income. They followed. They prayed for others. I was so shaken back there when Aunt's video was playing. Amazing video, Aunt. I loved it. I was shaken by how our team leads were just praying for people. And I was thinking how, man, uh, 19 years old in that classroom 
in an English building in Tallahassee on a college campus, six people at a Bible study, I said yes to Jesus. And now because of that, yes. I now have the privilege to raise up leaders who other people need. Though none go with me, I still will follow. He is still the answer. He is the greatest of all time. He is the King of Kings. He is the Lord of Lords. He holds your life in his hand. He's the one that's gonna take your soul to heaven. He has a vision for your life. Fulfillment, joy, promises follow follow change you need to change the way you talk I don't I don't cuss why do you I like to have fun but life isn't a big joke follow follow fulfillment Fulfillment. Let's praise Jesus for his word. Woo, man. Follow. Love it. Let's bow our heads. Lord, we love you and we praise you. We give you all of the glory and the honor. God, I thank you for your children here today, God. And Lord, you have moved in a powerful way. So, God, I pray that your blessing would just settle in here today. Now, with every head bowed, if you've never gave Jesus Christ your life, if you've never made him your Savior, we want to make this an opportunity for you. The Bible says that all who are in Christ are new creations. Your sins are forgiven. You've been made new. If you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, I just pray that on the, on the count of three, you would raise that hand and raise it high. We're not going to embarrass you. We're not going to call you up front. But we do want to pray with you and celebrate you as a church. So on, on the count of three, if you want to receive forgiveness of sin and a brand new life, God's spirit in your heart, raise that hand and raise it high. One, two, three. God bless you, sir. Praise God. God bless you. All right, church, let's celebrate. We got salvation today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right, repeat after me. Say, Father God, we love you. Lord Jesus, I make you my Savior. You are the Son of God. I repent of my sin. Fill my heart with your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen.